There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Things are getting weird in Gainesville and the lightning keep on rolling. That and game one of the World Series is in the books. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Straub. Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen on TampaBay.com and on SoundCloud. Thanks for wherever you're listening. We'll get to this crazy story out of Gainesville in just a second. But Rick, a little bit of movement on Tuesday with the Rays Stadium issue. We've been talking about this for years, it seems. Hillsborough County came in with its recommendation. Ebor City, not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, is this a viable spot, do you think, for uh, the Rays next stadium. It's certainly one of them. I mean, it's one they've talked about. And I think for Hillsborough County, it's very viable because they've secured that property, um, you know, certainly would help with the development of that area. Uh, but having said that, I, I was, you know, surprised. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to put words in their mouth. I'm not going to read the statement, but the Rays came out with a statement afterwards that in effect said, Hey, that's great. Thank you, Hillsborough. <laughs> We're going to consider it. Um, but we got all these other things too, including the the Tropicana site. So we'll get back to you on that. Which don't I thought you think was too, bizarre. Don't you, yeah, it was really bizarre because I, I would assume that they at some point have already looked at the Ebor City site, kind of on their own. You know, kind of. Yeah, I think they would have kicked a couple of tires over there. Oh no, it's been talked about for a while, which tells me in a weird way that um, perhaps this is the best Hillsborough County can do. And I'm not, I, look, it may be a great site. I don't, they may build the, the best ballpark in the major leagues there. But my point is, if it's almost like, okay, we've, we've gone far enough with this. We've looked at, you know, this, this is our best option. Here it is. Uh, if you want to come to Hillsboro, we can talk. This is what we have. I've always thought that this was where the Rays would end up in Ybor City if they indeed stay in Tampa Bay. I still have my doubts long-term whether they're going to stay in Tampa Bay. But if they do stay in Tampa Bay, I think it's going to be in the Ybor City site. I think the reason they're a little, not quite as enthusiastic or jumping up and down like everybody else wants to get this thing moving along at the Ybor City site. And in fact, they mentioned in their statement, they mentioned Tropicana Field as still being a possibility. I think, Rick, they're trying to find out uh, who's going to be the mayor in, in a couple of months in St. Petersburg, Rick Baker and Rick Kreisman both facing off. There probably is a feeling that Rick Kreisman's a little more, a um, little more likely to work with the race than Rick Baker would. Um, I don't know that for a hundred percent fact. I don't know what conversations they're having behind the scenes, but it seems like Kreisman has always been a little more sympathetic to the race situation. Maybe that's what they're waiting on to see what happens with, with that election uh, before moving forward. But if they stay in Tampa Bay, Rick, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Ybor City site. You mean if they come to Hillsboro? If, if or they just stay in general, in, stay in Tampa Bay. I don't. Well, I don't think it's going it, to work it, in St. Well, Pete, no matter where it is. But that's this is the thing that surprises me is that uh, I think we started at this point where they said, or words to the effect of, "This is not going to work over here." And I don't mean just the trop. I mean over here being St. Petersburg, being mm -hmm. further away from the biggest, you know, massive population in in uh, the Tampa Bay area. Uh, the bridge, the big impediment, you know, the big divide, the big sure. the big pond that you have to cross that apparently no one wants to drive across the bridge. 
or the three bridges. So this this is sort of where the conversation began. And it's sort of weird to me that, you know, we got a lot of options, including where we're at right now. So what deal could they make with St. Petersburg other than, you know, we're going to tear down the trop and, and maybe get a better lease and, and build it right here in the parking lot? I, I just, I don't know how that gets you out of, aside from a better building, which they certainly need, um, with a retractable roof, I assume, uh, a smaller ballpark with fewer tickets to sell, I assume. Mm-hmm. But really, what have you what have you accomplished? I mean, that is a lot. They need that. Um, but does that does that make your attendance better? Does that get you closer to people that want to come see you play? If that was the goal, so it just I don't know. It, it seems like everybody. This is you know a, a real political baseball in this case, not football that's being kicked <laughs> around. And Ken Hagen and the people in Hillsborough County have worked really hard. Look, may, you may be right about the mayor, but mayors come and go, you know. And and I don't think this thing is going to be built in the next year. So um, I, I don't know. I I was just the statement that the, that the Rays put out was sort of hmm. You know, I, I, I just I don't didn't know, know what else they could have said though. They 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 had to play it sort of down the middle, like, hey, thanks a lot. We'll look into it. Yeah. I don't know what else they could have said. Let me let me just get to the million dollar question, Rick. Yeah, we're we're it's. Late October 2017, in 2027, 10 years from right now, where will the Rays be playing baseball? Somewhere in Hillsborough County. Hillsborough County. But Somewhere. Ne- but, and, and, like, and, but not necessarily Ybor, you're saying. Yeah, I don't know that, that, I don't know that that's going to work. They're not going to be in Florida. They're not going to be in the United States. They'll be in Montreal in 2027. No, I don't, think, I don't so. think they're staying. I don't think they're staying. I just don't think it's going to get done. I don't yeah, think anybody's going to get consistent with that. But I don't. I don't know that until that's I true. see a shovel in the ground. I'm not convinced that anybody's willing to pay for it. And I know that the Rays aren't willing to pay for it. And someone's going to have to step up. And I just don't know who that's going to be. I just I can't imagine Rick that that you you went through it with the whole Raymond James. That yeah, was did. close, man. That was real close. And, and that was a pretty it, good football team at the time. Frank, frankly, what it takes is exactly what you just mentioned. And we've been on the other end of the stadium deal. We should know We should know what it takes. What it takes is absolute um, extortion. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, think about it. I mean, that. how did baseball come here? Well, they, they tried to get the Mariners. They tried to get the Giants. They thought they had the White Sox. Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg in particular has built stadiums all over the Major League Baseball. And so why wouldn't the reverse of that now happen? Why wouldn't there be the threat of moving, the rumors of moving, other cities offering to move them? That's what happened, frankly. um, You know, the leverage that the Glazers had was Baltimore, which had built or was prepared to build a stadium. And unbeknownst to them, Art Modell, of all people, decided to move the Cleveland Browns. I'll never forget that day. Sure. Um, and so, you know, and then it took, uh, you know, some political maneuvering to attach a half cent sales tax that also included, you know, fire and emergency responders and teachers in, in, in that in that half cent sales tax that that went, wound up building Raymond James Stadium. So uh, we're not at the 11th hour. Um, no, no, not yet. And, and I think that, you know, until we get there, we really won't know what their next move is because. That that's when you have the best leverage. You know when you get the best deal when the time is running out, right? And I don't blame a lot of a lot of people want to blame owners for for asking the public to help pay for those stadiums. I don't have as much of a problem with. It. I realize they have way more money than they claim they do, and in most cases they can build their own stadiums. But I also, hey, if we're going to use it, I, I don't have any issue with 
paying for it. Now, I also don't have any issue if people don't want to pay for it, that they say, no, I'd rather spend my money on other things. That's fine, too. But uh, I, I, I understand why owners would ask. And I and I think it is our responsibility. If we want a stadium, if we want a major league team, whether it be football or basketball or baseball, whatever the sport may be, I think the public has bears some responsibility and we're gonna buy so, tickets for it. Some, but how much? I mean, you know, we, yeah, we we've got we've look, we've got a school system in Hillsborough County that is going broke and can't afford, you know, bus service. Uh kids having to go to school at all weird hours, you know, so they can have enough buses. Right. Uh, you know, I think the days of Raymond James and stadium deals where, you know, county or city or hotel money, whatever, builds these stadiums is over. I think it's going to it has to be the way it was, you know, when they built one in San Francisco. Um, it, it There seems to me that it has to be sort of a public slash private, um, you know, sort of co- cooperation that, you know, whether it's a developer that's going to profit, you know, from. Uh, his properties around there and, and how that's going to raise the property values of what he owns, much like in San Francisco. I mean, that was that was on a, an abandoned pier, uh, and they built that ballpark. Now it's revitalized. There's beautiful, expensive condos lower-looking the water. Um, and and I, I just don't think you're going to find many, many counties in this country, including the places that you may think there maybe it would be Canada because that's not in this country, but I'm sure last <laughs> time I checked, Canada had a pretty high tax rate themselves. Um, I just don't think you're going to find many, many places that don't have bigger needs. As much as we love sports, right? Uh, and and as much as much business as as sport is and brings brings attention to the area, uh, there's an awful lot of people who could give you know two cents and literally not even that much to help these owners who are going to make millions and millions of dollars. I mean, look, you talked about Raymond James. Hey, the Glazers, you know, make money on every concert, every car that's parked, mostly. Um, every beer that's sold, I mean, there is, you know, that was a, an unbelievable lease and an unbelievable deal. Uh, and, you know, not everybody, not everybody is down with that. Originally, the Rays had the idea of trying to get a site nailed down by the end of 2017. It doesn't look like no. that's going to happen unless they really get moving. But I, I'm just tired of the whole thing. I think everybody yeah. in Tampa Bay, Rick, is tired yeah. of the whole thing. They just want this to be done sooner, much sooner rather than later. Just, just tell us what you're doing. Tell us it's you're a building. step, though. It's a, it definitely it is. is a step. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned this on our last podcast, Rick. We talked about Jim McElwain and a strange news conference that he had after, uh, I think it was on Monday when he actually brought this up. And it was talking about how he's received or somebody within the program has gotten death threats. And the University of Florida put out a really weird uh, statement after McElwain said what he said, it talked about at first saying, yeah, we take death threats very seriously. And then they added one more sentence to, uh, to their, to their statement. And Rick, it was about McElwain saying he talking about McElwain offered no additional details. I thought they left Jim McElwain out on an Island by himself by, by those five words. And Matt Baker writes about it for the Tampa Bay times and on Tampa Bay.com that in, in saying that, they sent a real message, almost feeding into all of us who are now starting to wonder if there actually were death threats after all. Well, you mentioned the island. I was wondering if there's a shark going around that island <laughs> oh, that, my. that maybe McElwain had caught and posed with or something. 
Um, you it, know what? I, Florida would love if that were true now, because <laughs> then well, they could fire him. Anything you can get out of that twelve million dollar buyout would sound pretty good to a lot of those boosters. I I think I don't know how I felt when I read this story initially. Um, you know, certainly we're in an era where you know people on social media go way too far, not mm-hmm. just politically, but certainly in the sports realm. Um, there's a lot of heroes, you know, hiding behind pseudonyms and, you know, Twitter handles and all this sort of thing. And, and they say awful things about people and their families, quite frankly. Having said that, I, I you know death threats is something that if credible, you should turn over to the police and, and, and you should keep the evidence and you should get protection. Um, you know, it, it's it's there is a certain amount of trolling that goes on, but if it rises to the level of you feel, or or members of your of your uh, team or their families feel that this is this has crossed some kind of line, then it should be handled, you know, in a very serious manner. Uh, and I'm not saying McElwain hasn't done that, but you better, you know, I think what the University of Florida is saying here uh, to Jim is. Look, you don't take these threats lightly, neither do we. We don't take these statements lightly. And, you know, if you're trying to, you know, if this is in any way an attempt to elicit sympathy for your situation or your, your season, um, if you don't have the proof, you know, don't be saying these things. If you do have it, we need it because we're going to try to find out who these people are and prosecute them because it is very serious. I mean, we've seen awful things happen in arenas all over this world, and you don't you don't need this but i don't i don't think it's something you just and i'm not saying i wasn't there so i don't know the the tone or the context i read the story but on a tuesday uh, the regularly scheduled press conference i assume um i don't know how it came up but you kind of throw it out there and you say it's involves players and you're very specific about you know uh what kind of the nature of these threats i think you i think you have to present those and and what I'm wondering, Tom, did, were they aware that he he had this information? Was just going to throw it out there? I mean, is, did, did did the university know this prior to him volunteering it to the so. media? I don't think so. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to me. Here's what here's what I honestly believe happened, Rick. I think he went up there in front of a bunch of reporters and was looking to gain some sympathy. And yeah. I I'm sure there have been times where he's had people write him saying, "I hope you get fired. I hope bad things happen to you." Yeah. Let me give you an example. This is something that's happened to me before. I've had people write me saying, I hope you get hit by a truck and die. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I never took that as a death threat. I don't no think good. anybody is, you know, people yeah. said they'd like to kick my ass. People have said, yeah. I'll punch you in the face if I ever see you somewhere. Yeah. But no one has ever. Have, I've known coaches that have <laughs> said that you to go. you. In fact. But I've never had anybody say, you know, if, if, if I see you out, I will kill you. But I have had people say, I hope you die. Now, I don't consider that a death threat. I wonder if Jim McElwain got something like that. And somehow sort of exaggerated a little it, bit, yeah, inflated yeah. it, or maybe seriously took it as, well, you know, they're, that, that's what it is. They're, they were hoping I die, so that's sort of a death threat. That's, that's my gut feeling on this, is that is what happened. And then when he was asked about it, but the fact that the university sort of just left it out there for him to say uh, he offered no additional details. I'm assuming they asked, what do you got, Jim? And he either declined or couldn't come up with anything, or say, I don't well, have it anymore. And but to say, he offered no additional details. Like I said, they left him on an island out there. They did, and I, I think they did it deliberately. Um, 
and I don't know, again, I don't know, you know, where, where ultimately this is headed. Um, but I, 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 they certainly asked and he didn't provide anything. And so it's either the university saying, eh, we, we can't, we can't, you know, corroborate anything he said. Um, you know, take his words as you will, you know, or uh, there's something worse that could happen to him, (laughs) you know? Uh, I mean, I I don't know the legalities of these things, but I don't, I don't think you can make false statements about death threats. I mean, um, he was fairly vague about, you know, who these people were and who they were directed at, but you, yeah. But you know what? I mean, if we're talking about social media in particular, and I assume unless people are, you know, cutting out letters from magazines and pasting them on papers and mailing it to him. I think the way it happens now is you get, you know, an email, you get a, a, you know, a text, you get a tweet, whatever. All these things have fingerprints or footprints, every one of them. And so from that standpoint, I would think that police law enforcement would be interested in, in following up those leads. And if he didn't provide any, his words are kind of shallow at this point. This is not going to end well, Rick. It's not going to end well, and it's going to end soon. I don't think that he'll be the head coach of the Florida Gators next season. Uh, you I don't, because you know that you, you and I are have been together with. Like I, I don't understand aside from the buyout, which I know is substantial, and and the fact, and you can't get around this, that the man, you know, took his team to an SEC championship two years mm-hmm. in a row, albeit got blasted in both of them. Nonetheless. That's that's still on your resume. That's an accomplishment. That's not Will right. Muschamp territory. So, you know, to have to think you would have one bad year with a number of players suspended and a quarterback mm-hmm. that got hurt, there are some mitigating factors in their season. There's no question about it. It I think I think Florida has to ask the question. In fact, and I again I'm I'm close to some people that are, you know, high up in the, the old bull gator thing. Mm-hmm. Um and and I'm and this is all third and fourth hand for me, um, but I think they have to ask the question that you ask all the time that you asked of Lovey Smith: Is this the guy that's going to take the Florida program where they want to go? Is he the guy? Because whether you're talking about the Glazers or you're talking about the University of Florida uh, alumni, uh, their boosters, their their president, what have you, uh, the people that can influence these decisions, if the answer is no. There's no point, aside from the $12 million, which is not insignificant, but there's no point in continuing this, if you feel that way. And I don't know that they do or they don't, but it sure seems it, it is a very odd thing to kind of leave dangling at the end of a, of, a, of a statement you released. I thought all along that he would survive this, that he would return next season, and I believe that if it's up to the university, they probably would have him back. I think he's going to leave on his own. I think he's going to get another offer from somebody else. Oregon State. I can't imagine that. Oregon State seems to be the one that everybody's looking at. That, that How is that a better be job than Florida? It's not a better job, but it's a more secure job. You could go out there and... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And be Jim McElwain for the rest of your 
for the rest of your life, maybe. I think that he, I don't think he's a, he likes Florida. That's just a gut feeling. I don't, uh, the, him and the AD, I'm not sure on the same page. This is not the AD that hired him, by the way. Right. Um, Jeremy this was Foley Jeremy hired. Foley's last hire, yeah. Right. And with this statement and the way things are going and you hear the rumblings from boosters and knowing that you're in a really tough conference and you still don't have a quarterback, I think he's looking around at this and saying, is, is this a good job? Maybe maybe I'd be better off going out west, going home, going back to Oregon State, or somewhere out there. I it was a weird hire to begin with, Rick. To be honest with you, it was a weird hire to begin with. He didn't strike me as the type of dynamic guy. I like him when I talk to him. I've talked to him a handful of times. I cover their games now and then, ask him questions. He's very nice with the media. He he has some interesting answers. Now at the same time, he'll do things like he did the other day, where he's asked about. Hey, is your team getting enough praise for its effort? And next thing you know, he's talking about death threats. I mean, it was an innocuous question. It set off this whole thing. It just feels to me that he's not crazy about Florida. Florida's not crazy about him. Now, $12 million is $12 million. He may say, go ahead and fire me. I'm, I'm going to stick I was it gonna, out. I was gonna if you're going to get rid that, of me, I'm going to get paid out of that. You know, there, there, there's a lot of hell I would put up with for the kind of money that Jim McElwain makes and the kind of right. program that he's running. I mean, we're not – look, he's not at a place that, you know, is – bankrupt of talent surrounding him or facilities or support how much money does that athletic department make how much do they spend on on uh, the football program we know they're buying uniforms right and left hell they had the were those damn reptilian things the other day <laughs> i mean they're pretty much willing to do anything at that point so i i don't know to me you know you're just you're looking for a parachute you know you're looking to jump out of this plane because there's he's not I will make this prediction. Jim McElwain will never have a better head coaching job than he does right now. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with so that. So why would you be so quick to pull the ripcord unless because you're miserable? It, it, if you're miserable and there's another job out there that you would really like, Oregon State's going to be open now, I think. And, and oh my God, Tom, be, we're talking about a, Oregon State. I understand. I understand. But it's better than it's not even Oregon. working. Being out of work in a year, well, that that job could come open eventually too. If he doesn't get it going, <laughs> true. I just don't you just find it incredibly bizarre, surreal that a guy could come out talking about death threats, and within days, all of a sudden, everybody's making fun of him, and and he's he's got no sympathy. In fact, he looks worse out of this than he did two days ago. I'm not, I don't even know that he's lying about it. But this was not this this whole week has not looked good on Jim McElwain. And it's going to get worse on Saturday because they're going to get creamed by Georgia. And there are more losses coming. I, I think all this is just going to total up and become one big snowball. And it's going to roll over Jim McElwain. He's going to say, get get me the hell out of here at the end of this year. The, isn't it He's weird, not though? walking away from $12 million. He might negotiate a settlement, but he ain't walking away from that money. He, ain't no that, way. Mrs. McElwain would divorce him if he did that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the woman. I mean, I'm, I'm just you right. Know, no, I, I know, know what you're I know, saying. Yeah, I know what my wife would do. Yeah. Um, you're not leaving. You know what I mean? You're going to make this work. You asked me a so, week ago if Jim McElwain was coming back, and I said absolutely. He'll be back in Florida. He's got a good enough record. He's done enough things. Yeah. Uh, really, the only the only thing you could criticize him for is he hasn't beaten Alabama. Nobody's beaten Alabama except for Clemson. Right. But, uh, but the way it's going now, and and the way the season's going downhill in a hurry. And then this latest episode, and then you got guys suspended. Yeah, whether I don't it's his fault s- or not, you know. It's just, yeah, I don't want to speak for, for you've talked to Matt Baker, who covers college football for us. But you know, up until maybe this story, Matt has sort of told me, and I think others that McElwain's good for this year. 
you know, that and then he's you back read his, next season. And then read his column. And to, Are and things to, changing a little bit there and there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even he, even Matt sees the tea leaves where he says, you know, what Florida's saying, what that statement that they came out with. He offered yeah. no additional details. Well, if he's I, lost, if he's lost Matt Baker, he's lost Cronkite. <laughs> that's that's right. He's lost. That's exactly right. I said the day that Bob Stoops left Oklahoma. I predicted I was in the office at the Tampa Bay Times and Matt Baker was sitting next to me and started laughing at me. And I said, sometime before the end of 2017, the calendar year, the words Bob Stoops and the University of Florida will appear in the same sentence. Yeah, because you're going to write it. Well, <laughs> there you go. That's true. He, he said, absolutely not. I saw him today and I said, Bob Stoops, University of Florida, same <laughs> sentence. It's coming. And he said, yeah. at that time, he didn't laugh at me. He was just kind of like, eh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, I got a gotta, name for you. Charlie Strong. Mm, no, that's not going to happen. Former Florida assistant. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But he's a Jeremy Foley guy, not a Scott Strickland. Well, I just got an office up there. You got to name me come in here and do coach jump some ball plays up. If I bought, if I if we took a poll right now of 100 Bull Gators. Yeah, 99 he, of them would say they want Spurrier. 99 back. would say what Spurrier. One would say Urban Meyer and that, or Tebow. <laughs> Tebow. They had Tebow. Tebow. 98 to Spurrier, one Urban Meyer, one Tim Tebow. That would be, exactly. Hey, don't laugh at that. I, I, I wonder if people are already starting to talk to Tebow about, hey, hey, Timmy, don't you want to coach someday? I tell you what, man. If I was ever going <laughs> to coach college, you know what I mean? Florida. Kidding me? I it's funny okay. you mentioned his, it's funny you mentioned his name. I was talking to some relatives of mine who are big. They live in Tennessee. They're big volunteer fans. Yeah, he's been mentioned with them. They love. They would love. They hate Butch Jones. They want Butch Jones out of there yesterday. But I said, "Who are you gonna? I, how about Charlie Strong?" I tried to pawn Charlie off on him. He said, "We want John Gruden. We're gonna take somebody out of Tampa. We want John Gruden." I said, "No way. I don't think he would ever." He's been asked before. I right. think at Tennessee. He's a connection, yeah, met, right? His wife went to Tennessee. Met my wife Cindy up there, you know, she was a cheerleader. Love Tennessee. Love Knoxville. You know what I mean? Uh, who knows? Uh, Lightning, keep on keeping on, Rick. 5-1 victory against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night. A lot closer than the score would indicate. This is really a 2-1 to one game. Uh, okay in the first period. It's not, not great. Good second period. Not so good in the third. They actually got away with one, I thought. They still win, though. Johnson, Sergachev. By the way, Sergachev. How about that guy? Scores another goal. Uh, and then they get empty netters from Nemestikov and Callahan. Then a late goal with actually the goalie back in there, pouring it on there to uh, Nikita Kucherov. 5-1, wasn't it? Yeah, 5-1. So that made it 5-1, but it was 2-1 to one with like three minutes left. Uh, Kucherov, 11 goals now in 10 games. He's got a point in all 10 games. Vasilevsky was remarkable in this game again, 31 saves. Rick, they're 8-1-1, one and, one, and, and I still don't think they've played their best hockey yet. And they're, they've got 17 out of a possible 20 points already. And still have been, I think, maybe on, on a scale of 1 to 10, they're playing about 7.5 hockey right now. Well, Sergeyev, uh now leads all defensemen in goals with four. It's unbelievable. The kid's it's 19 more than Drewan. I, I haven't looked it up, but I bet you it's more goals than Drewan. And all I'm going to say is you can mark the tape, as they say. Mark the tape. Mark the podcast. I called for defense. They've given up one goal since I called for defense. That's true. But they but they would give up a ton of shots again tonight. They, Vasilevsky yeah, has been the difference, man. Vasilevsky, they had a lot of block shots. I'll give them that. They block shots of block tonight. Shots, yeah. yeah. But Vasilevsky, this guy, Rick, you mentioned you were on top of this even before as much as I was. Vasilevsky's the real deal. This guy. Yeah, he is. And he's going to play he's going to play 65 games at this rate uh, unless yeah. he gets hurt. Or something. <laughs> he is. 
And I don't think it's matters. I, I think he's young no. enough and, and he's in good enough shape that I think he can handle that kind of workload. But boy, Rick, when you rack up this many points early, 17 out of 20 points. I was talking to Steve Verstick, our producer beforehand. If you use 96 points as the, as the benchmark, Steve was saying that if they get now 79 points out of their next 72 games, that's basically playing almost like 500 hockey the yeah. rest of the way. They'll be close to 96 points, and that's that's good enough well, to get you in the playoffs. They, you know, there's always um, – you probably know this, so I'm, I'm just in trying to think about the last few years, but there always seems to be that team that jumps out right at the start, right, and mm-hmm. goes, you know, 10-0-1, you know, 15-2-1 or whatever. Yeah, and it looks like the Lightning is that team, and they're not. And and, and like you said, they're probably you know they're probably their throttle's probably at about seventy percent, and yet you know the goals against are going down. Vasilevsky's playing great. They're still scoring four and five goals a game. Hell, the other night, I mean, they scored seven against uh, you know the the Stanley Pittsburgh, Cup champions. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, tell me where tell me where there's a weakness, you know. Um, I, I and and they're hungry. <laughs> On top of everything else, this is a team that did not make the playoffs last year. So they're you know and, and also and I don't think this is insignificant. Tom, you've talked about this with me. Is that this was a, a, a tired hockey team? You know, yes. uh, going deep into seasons year after year, and we've seen it with Stanley Cup champions. We've seen it with teams that go to the finals. There's just no off season. There's no catching your breath. The regular season becomes more of a, a of a uh, sort of a, you know, instead of a journey, it becomes sort of a burden. You just want to get to the postseason because, you you know, you got to climb the mountain to get back to where you were so you can try to get to the Stanley Cup Finals again. Everything else seems seems just, you know, like an arduous process. Mm-hmm. And now I think they've sort of got the benefit of, of not being in the playoffs and recognizing that it's not just, you just don't snap your fingers and it happens. And, uh, and they've had some rest. And they've gotten some guys healthy, and 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 um, it just the whole dynamic seems and feels different. And and look, not the least of which is this is Vasilevsky's first deal where it's his deal. Sure, you know what I'm saying. I mean, even last year it was kind of weird with Bishop and him. You knew one of them was going to be traded. You figured it'd be Bishop. It was Bishop, and yet Bishop was still playing. And the guy, you know, knows this is his hockey team. This is his time, and he's a hell of a player. And if you've got yeah. a goaltender like that. Man, you can ride that horse for a while. You mentioned, too, and I, th- I thought you made a good point there, Rick, talking about uh, starting the season and just waiting for the playoffs to start. And I talked to, I talked to Alex Kalorn about that right as the season was starting, and he said on October 15th of last season, they were already looking forward to April 15th. Yes. So let's just go. Let's just Can we just start the playoffs, please? Because right. we're ready to do it. And Next thing you know, it's December 15th and January 15th, and you're out of a playoff spot, and then you're scrambling, yeah. and, and, and you can never catch up. Um, and, and that feeling has gone away. It feels like they're looking forward to the next game now. They're looking forward to That's right. October 25th or 7th or whatever their next game is against uh, against Detroit. Good start for the Lightning. they got to stay away from injuries. That's I mean, that's hockey 101. Yeah, that's it's the slow. assassin. You don't know where that's coming. But but even still, I'm, I'm watching a game on Tuesday night, Rick, and – uh, they they had the power play out there, their first power play of the game, and Stamkos and Kucherov, and they're wheeling it around, and Hedman's out there, and they're tic-tac-toe passing, they're not scoring. Then they don't score, and it gets shot down the ice. And then all of a sudden, here comes the next guys over the boards, and Palat makes this unbelievable. It's like, oh, yeah, Andre Palat, I forgot they had him. And then he sets up Tyler Johnson. Oh, yeah, Tyler Johnson, I forgot about him. Tyler Johnson's got four goals in ten games. 
typically that would be one of your leading scores. Yeah. But it's not on this team because Kucherov's going crazy. Every time you look up, it's a real. There's a really good player on the ice. Um, well, look at it this way: they got okay. Kucherov is, if not the top, one of the top scorers already, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Stamkos has probably the most points in the NHL. Yeah. This defenseman now leads all defensemen with four goals, <laughs> and the goaltender is playing as well as any in hockey. So, you know, when when you've got you know league leaders, um, pretty much in every you know in every category. That means you're doing something right. Absolutely. Uh, we don't root for people. I don't root for people in sports. I don't think you do necessarily, Rick. But I was rooting on Tuesday night for Clayton Kershaw because this I, is a guy who's as good a pitcher as I've seen in baseball over the last 10 years and has been an absolutely dominant regular season performer but hasn't done anything in a postseason until maybe a little bit last year and then this postseason he's been really good. Goes out game one, seven innings, three hits, 11 strikeouts, gives up one home run, but that's it. And the Dodgers beat the Astros three to one. I'm pulling, sort of pulling for Houston overall to win the series. I like Houston and I'm picking them to win. But I was happy to see Clayton Kershaw because I think he's a good dude. And I like seeing guys who are, who are great players perform well in the postseason. And he hadn't done that until tonight, really. Which is why you're rooting for David Price. Well, except um, for him. Oh. Okay, because <laughs> that's who you're describing. I um, said, well, I said nice guy. I said, oh, Kershaw. I said well, good dude. I believe I well said then. good dude. Well, then. <laughs> Isn't, that, Isn't special? that special? I said I, good dude, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay, I got you. Um, he, he, by all accounts, he's a good dude. Uh, um, and he's got great stuff. And, he, and he's, in this postseason, I, I don't know why this is sticking to my head. I think he's like four and one. Yeah, I think that's some, right. Thereabouts. Um, and the ERA, when you look at him, he had that one game, you know, a year ago or something like that, where he gave up like seven runs in an inning or something ridiculous, and you know that's all out of whack. But the guy, let's agree, he's he's the, maybe the best left-hander of our era. You know, mm-hmm. how many Cy Young awards has he won? Three, he's won three plus an MVP. Yeah, yeah. So this is his time. I'll say this about the Astros: boy, they're a different team on the road, man. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> they. They just don't bring the bats, you know? Hey, who's got the bat? Oh, we left them again? Okay. <laughs> damn it. Damn it, damn it. We left them back in Houston. Why do we keep doing that? They, they're they not going to get a lot of hits, uh, at least haven't, you know, so far in this these playoffs. They're they're just a different, they have a different record, different pulse, different everything. But, you know, they're going to say what you have to say when you're uh, a team on the road, which is let's just get one. Get one, you know, yep. If we can get one game in Dodger Stadium and go back and, you know, and do what we do at home because the, the, they flip they flip the field on you when they get back there. Um, so I don't know. I, I you know Keiko he pitched really good. Dallas Keiko pitched really good. I mean, this was a this was one of those old school type of pitching duels that you used to see, you know, in the eighties. You know, which was um, great because the game lasted about six minutes. It was I mean, awesome. It was, Seriously, it was like it was under three hours, I believe. Yeah, and uh, and no, no, no was going to the mound every three seconds to talk. Guys no. work fast. Kershaw and Keiko both work fast. Yeah, it was so it felt like a game felt from like, the seventies. Felt like baseball, yeah. And it was even though it was a pitching duel, and you have to, you kind of have to get into that. I mean, most people want to see home runs and and great plays and all that stuff. But um, you know what, kids. Kids could actually almost watch that game and go to bed and make it to school tomorrow. I was thinking of that. I was thinking that kids were able to go to bed early and, and still uh, still watch that game. 103 degrees at opening pitch. Hottest yeah. postseason game ever. But there's no such thing as global warming. 
Well, it's L.A., but yeah, they, that's very unusual for sure. I like it better that like that way though. I, postseason baseball when it's like forty degrees. You've played in cold weather, Rick. I've played oh, in cold it's the weather. worst. It's the worst, and it's not good baseball. It almost doesn't even feel like real baseball at that point. It feels like, like it's like it's somebody's at a disadvantage. It it doesn't feel like well. What's weird about it? What's weird about it is you start the season. You know, everybody comes to spring training in sunny Florida and Arizona, where they warm their arms and they, you know, you know, spring has sprung and hopes eternal, and that's how you begin the season. And you go back up north, and in some places it's cold, but for the most part, you know, everybody's coming out of the, you know, digging out of the snow, and you start and you play all summer long. You know, boy, you know, you play all summer, and then you get to the championship. You get to the postseason, you get to the World Series, and it finishes in like November, and it's freezing some places, right. and you're, you're chattering up there at the plate. You can't feel your hands on the bat. The ball's not really carrying because it's so damn cold. Um, you're asked to play a game that you haven't played for six months. Baseball's the worst in cold weather. There's nothing. There is nothing about throwing, catching, or hitting a baseball that goes with cold weather. You know, football, lots of pads. You smack <laughs> people around. Goes with cold weather. There's nothing I liked about, and, and then then there's the wind, which is probably most the, the worst element of all. So right. yeah, it's um, it, you know, I'm sure these guys, hot as they may be, are probably like you know, you're a pitcher with a, with an arm, or you're you oh, know, yeah. you're a hitter. They're they're probably like, okay, hell, well, I can handle the heat. Big deal. 103 is way better than 43. Yes, sure. exactly. Right. And then Houston, if there's no concern there. It'll be it'll be No, it's climate controlled. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, for everybody, for listening. Don't forget, we're here each and every weekday. You can find us on Twitter, at Rick Tom Podcast, at NFL Stroud, and at Tom W. Jones. Thanks to our producer, Steve Versnick. Be sure to check out our next podcast, Mike Smith, defensive coordinator, for the Bucks, will be talking, so we'll get to hear the latest as uh, his team is under fire. His unit is under fire. Rick, I, I would imagine that uh, that he'll probably what fall on a sword uh, on Wednesday when he talks to the media. Yeah, he will. Michael say this is all my fault, and no one's going to disagree. But uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know that it's. I don't know it's going to change anything. He said it before, but I, I, I'd be interested to see what he says about Derek Ward's comments, Chris Baker's comments, and and just what the plan is going forward with those guys. Yeah, so we'll have those comments for you and give us uh, give you our reaction on all that on our next podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.